one who came in and changed everything. That's, that's our celebration. We're embarking on a journey through December. Have I, have I made it big enough for you yet? Maybe I should have started off with a Disney song, you know, in the, in the beginning. Some kind of, uh, of epic journey, journey song. song. And, and through, through this time, time this is going to be our theme, theme. we're following the star. The star. It's a journey to Bethlehem. It's a journey to Jesus. It's something that is um, in the scriptures that we're going to talk about. It, this time is a journey of our heart and our soul preparing us for what our expectations and experience of the Christmas season should be. It's just a great time. And not only are we remembering that Jesus was born so many years ago, but we're looking forward with eager anticipation about the time he might come again. It's like a double celebration because Christmas is more than just Jesus was born. Advent is more than just a season of moving towards that expectation of Jesus' birth, but it's also an expectation of his coming a second time. Something that I know that we're very excited about. It's, it's um, reminds us of the, the true Christmas gift season and the gifts that God gives us are gifts of hope and of love and of joy and of peace and each of the four Sundays leading to Christmas is one of those themes. We, we all need hope in the storms of life. We need a love that will never give up. We need joy during this journey that we call being a Christian and we need peace no matter what we're facing in this world. In celebrating Advent we need to remember that we're looking forward to his return. I remember as a kid um, I went to a large Christian convention and where was that at? I, I can't remember now but I, I, was a kid, I was in high school kid and um, we went to this, this uh, Christian, it was a, a youth conference of some sort and when we went there there were a ton of people, hundreds and hundreds of people outside of the doors in some kind of a protest type of a, a gathering. And I'll never forget the, the signs that they were holding were not in protest of Christians, but in uh, a warning for Christians. And they all said, uh, repent. We just came through the season of repenting, right? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is here. Repent because uh, you're living in sin. You know, it was this whole, um, it was a, a warning to Christians. Jesus is coming was the thing. Like, he's going to come any day and you better watch out or you might go to hell. He's going to snatch you to the pit if you're not careful. Like, that was the... That was the feeling that they gave us. And that was for some of you, for myself, and maybe some of you growing up, that was kind of this thing that we had. Like Jesus is going to come again, but oh man, I'm so scared he's going to come and he's going to snatch me down to hell and it's going to be a horrible time. As I've grown and I've studied and I've read and I've learned, I, I look forward now to the coming of Jesus because that's not what he's coming for at all. He's coming to establish his kingdom, to establish this reign, to restore all things to what they were supposed to be, to take all of those who believe in him, all of his children, and bring them together into this amazing time of the kingdom of God. And so I hope that Christmas for you, the second coming of Jesus, can begin to stir up the same feelings that Christmas morning stirs up, the birth of Jesus. 
that we can remember that He's one day going to come and He's going to restore everything that is wrong, everything that is broken. He's going to, uh, the relationships and the hatred and the wars and the sickness and the famine and disease and all of the things that are wrong with our world will be set right. And that's what the second coming is all about. That's, That's what, what Jesus, Jesus is doing. So, so can we look forward with anticipation to that, not scared that he's going to snatch us to hell. And I think um, that's what I hope that my kids will grow up hearing from me, different from maybe what I grew up hearing. Our journey in this series um, is going to center on the star as a guiding light. You know, it's interesting, the star. We talk about this star. We we read about this star, we know about the star, but it's, it's not, there's not a lot in the scripture about it. It's really very brief. The record of the wise men from the east who followed the star is only mentioned in Matthew's gospel and his account of Christ. And there's really a lot of discussion among scholars if you read anything about this. There's, there's just a lot of scientists who talk about what the star actually was or maybe the planets aligned at a certain time or maybe one of the stars in the sky was going through some kind of supernova. Um, they also discuss and argue who the wise men were and when, when this cosmic event took place. There's a lot of trying to figure out the exact birthday, the exact birthplace and time and all of that of Jesus. I want to put all those debates aside because that's not the focus, and I don't think that that should be our focus. The truth is that the light of this star led people to Jesus, led them right to Jesus. Even if they were still on a journey, this is one of the arguments, the night that Jesus was born. Um, in all of our children's plays, the star is there and the night that Jesus was born, the wise men magically show up. I mean, there's a lot of debate on if that actually happened or not. Probably they were months, maybe even a year after Jesus was born. But that's, that's okay because the star is ultimately a guide that leads to Jesus, who is the light of the world. And that's what I want our focus on Christmas to be. These other things are interesting and it's fun to read about, but the truth is there was a child who was born. His name was Jesus. He was God. He was crucified. And he was resurrected. All so that we could know and experience his kingdom. And one day he's going to come back and set right the kingdom as it should be. So as we start on this journey, this Advent season, I want to encourage you to look for that light because the journey of Advent is as much about the journey as it is the destination. It's not only about the end, it's about how we get there. So this time is a time to explore. It's the time to maybe pause and ponder what has actually happened. It's a time to breathe deeply, to turn our eyes towards Jesus and to wait in a time that can be so hectic and so full of stress in our culture. We don't want to worry about all of the things around us. We want to spend this time waiting in anticipation on Jesus. As we get into the scripture today, two things I want to tell you about. Um, 
both related to our church app if you want to follow along the notes for today's message there and there. But also, I have put a... I've talked about the translation. I put a link in our app to get to the translation uh, so it's easier than trying to explain to somebody how to get to all the things. If you want to be a part of that translation in Spanish or Portuguese, then just go to the app and then um, navigate your way to... It'll tell you how to, how to get there, so... The QR code will also, you can scan that if you want. Today we're going to read in Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13, it's going to be a little bit long, starting with verse 24. In those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory and will send His angels and gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all of these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house. He puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Uh, maybe that last scripture is where they got it. If he comes suddenly, don't let him find you sleeping. <laughs> We need to watch. So you'll notice several themes in today's message, uh, today's scripture, and I'm going to work through those in this message. And the first one is this, that he is coming again. Jesus, who John tells us is the light of the world, is coming again. He will return. One day, I don't, I don't mean, it's been so long that maybe we don't think about it anymore, but one day he will come back. Do not let his delay make you think that he's not coming back. If you read in the New Testament, some of the letters were directed directly at that because people thought that he was gone for a few days and was coming right back. And here we are 2,000 plus years later waiting on him, right? They thought he was coming right back. And so some people began to fall away because he hadn't come back. But we need to keep in mind that he will return. As we prepare today to remember Jesus coming originally 2,000 years ago as a baby in Bethlehem, we need to look forward to his second return in glory. How amazing. What a special event to look forward to. How exciting Speaking about his second coming, Jesus said, At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. There's been some discussion over elect. That perhaps some were elect and some were not. 
Every person who chooses to follow Jesus is elected to be in his kingdom. If we choose Jesus, then we are elect. In fact, there, and there's another one, and I don't want to get off into the weeds of theology, but we, it talks about being predestined. You know, he predestined every one of us to follow him. He chose us all. Just the difference is, did we choose him back? The great Christian hope, what we all look forward to, the thing that we all want to see is that he will come again. And when he does, he will enter and usher a new heaven and a new earth. I was just talking about it as we led up to this, where there will be no more tears, where there will be no more suffering, where there will be no more sorrow, where there will be no more aches, no more knee replacements, no more strokes. Those things are gone. Perhaps we should live our lives all the year round as an advent, preparing for his coming. Not just in this last month of the year, the calendar year, but all year round. Because he will return. And if we lived all the time as an advent in preparation and looking forward and exciting, it changes everything. It, it becomes something about the excitement that you might have talking to your neighbor or the, the waiter at the restaurant or the clerk at the grocery store. It changes the way that we interact with people, believing that he's coming back, preparing for it, living as if we are in an advent season year round. The second theme is that we need to live like he's coming back tomorrow. In Matthew 5.14, Jesus says, We are the light. You are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. There's been some confusion about this. Because we all know Jesus is the light, right? John describes it in a different way. He says, because... The Father, or as the Father has loved me, I have loved you, you love others. Jesus says, you are a light. When we have Jesus, when the Holy Spirit resides in us, we are the light. Isn't that interesting? Now, without Jesus, we're not, so don't get it that twisted. I'm not saying that you can walk out of here with a special strut because you are the light by yourself as the Holy Spirit is in us. As Jesus is the light, so are you. And that's not me saying it. That's what Jesus said. You are the light of the world. A town on a hill cannot be hidden. We are set up as the light we are the ones that draw people to Jesus. We are the ones, when they look at us, they say, you live a different life. How is it that you have hope? How is it that you have joy? How is it that you have peace? What is it that is going on? How is it that you have love? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. We're just saying so what is it when Jesus comes back that we want him finding us doing? What do you want him to find you doing? 
Can you imagine when he returns, what is it, how will you be behaving in that moment? What will your interaction be? Who will you be talking to? How would you want Jesus to find you? Remember that we are called to live our life in our communities. It's one of the reasons that we've been so adamant to do the Christmas tree walk, Christmas tree lighting this year. But it's still a walk, it's just not 60 trees. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> 12 trees is much more manageable. But it's because, and why do we partner with the town of Bartonville? Why did we ask them to be a part of this with us? Because we're living in our community. We, we want to be involved in our neighborhood, in the people who surround us, and to live our lives in such a way that that love that he loves us with is on display. And to love the Lord our God with all of our heart and with all of our soul and with all of our strength. To love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what we want to find, have him find us doing. Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with our neighbors, with our neighborhood, with our friends, with our family. Not everybody has the gift of evangelism or speaks eloquently, but God doesn't care. He wants you to share the, your good, his good news through you, now your good news, with the people in your life. God has put humankind in charge of this world. And he expects us to fulfill his mission on this earth. And we spent time talking about that as well, his mission. Do you guys remember? He set that mission, gave it to Abram, whom he then called Abraham and said, your mission, my mission through you, your mission, what I'm gonna do is bless all nations through you. And then Jesus came later and gave a, what we call the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go, spread the blessing of God to all people. It's interesting, I've talked with people who will pour over the Bible. They will study it. They are fascinated by its revelation. They, they subscribe to, this is no joke, to newspapers and articles and blogs from all over the world trying to discover what secrets lie there and when Jesus might return. But it seems like they don't want to commit to following Jesus. They just want to know about him. Jesus wants us to focus on living for him today. These other things, they're interesting, and I'm not saying don't do that. And if that's you, good. That's, that's awesome. God has called different people to be watchmen and, and stuff. I, I mean, I get some of that, but we also need to be paying attention to now. How are we living now? What are we doing today? What are your plans today? He wants us to be secure in the knowledge that he will come again. But he does not want us to be 
what I call stargazing. Just, just waiting. What are you doing? I'm waiting on him to come back. Just one day. That's not how he wants to catch us. Martin Luther is reported, it was written that he said that if he knew Christ was going to return tomorrow, he would still plant an apple tree. Because he's living today. He's planning for today. And you'll recall at Jesus' ascension, which would have amazed all of us, by the way, if we're all sitting there and we're talking like, and he's giving us some instruction, hey, here, go tell the good news to everybody. Oh, good Jesus. And all of a sudden he starts to levitate. And they watch him go into the sky. Oh, wow. They're there watching him now, and he's disappeared, and they're still looking. You guys remember what happens? It's recorded that two men who appeared to be angels stood beside them and reminded them that God still had a mission. In Acts chapter 1, they were looking intently up at the sky as he was going. Then suddenly, two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking in the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Don't be caught stargazing. <laughs> Get some work done for Jesus. And here's the final thing. Watch and wait. Jesus wants us to be on our guard. He wants us to be alert while we wait. Verse 32, about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time is coming. You know, it's about waiting. Waiting is hard. I, I don't know about you. I, I do not do well with waiting. I really do not do well. Like, I, I want it now. I want, it, I want to have it now. I want to do it now. I want it like I don't, I don't wait well. I was just thinking when I was writing this, I was trying to remember a time that I waited patiently, and just a memory popped into my mind. I can remember my parents never put me in the corner. I don't know if any of you parents ever did get corner time. Yeah. But I got wall time. <laughs> I don't know which is I only had one wall to look at. I couldn't be in the corner and look at both. And um, I can remember dad or mom, I don't remember which one. I was so small, but make, make your nose touch that wall. Seriously, my nose had to touch the wall until they said to stop. This, that was like, I would like, just spank me, please. Can, let's be done with this thing. No, we're going to make you wait. Waiting, I don't do waiting well. But I want you to know that waiting is not in the scripture the same as maybe what you have in mind. Waiting is not being still waiting for something to happen. Waiting is, in the Bible, it's active waiting. It's waiting with expect, uh, expectation. It's waiting, expecting that Jesus will return. Constantly moving forward in our journey, but patiently waiting. Um, oh man, I shouldn't do this because I forget. I, I, Murray is his last name. I'm trying to, Andrew Murray maybe wrote a book about being still. I would recommend it. It's like 31 or something. Day, uh, he, he takes different scripture and writes an essay basically over each scripture. And he, the scriptures that he chooses are all talking about being still or waiting. And it's a great practice 
to teach yourself to wait biblically, to, to be silent before God, but move forward at the same time. Like there is a spiritual practice and I, that leads to spiritual formation. It's been a while since we've talked about spiritual formation, but spiritual formation, there are disciplines that help us become spiritually formed. And I think that probably we don't do a good job of attending to the spiritual formation in our life through the disciplines. Prayer, reading, uh, silence, Bible study, there's just a lot. And I don't know if we as a church feed into that or not. I mean, even we have uh, right now media. If you want a Bible study that is uh, on video, they, they've got some really good ones. So I don't want to say don't do it. You should do it. And if you're part of the church, you get free membership to it right now media. But sometimes we want to watch the, the video rather than dig into the words. And I think we do ourselves a disservice if we don't dig into the words. Not that we can't watch the video. Those are good. There's some teaching in, that's good for us and there's some things that we can watch. But we need to, we need to wait. Henry Nowen, who I've read a bunch about, was a priest. He was a professor, a writer, a theologian, just a giant of the faith, uh, faith and an expert in uh, spiritual formation. The way he described waiting is very active. Uh, he wrote a book, and another one I would recommend, called Waiting for God. He wrote, Active waiting means to be present fully to the moment in the conviction that something is happening where you are and that you want to be present to it. Gee, I should have put that down in the, in the notes and I forgot, but let me, let me read that again so you can get that. Active waiting means to be present fully to the moment in the conviction that something is happening where you are and that you want to be present to it. Something is happening. You want to be present to that thing. What an excellent description of Advent. Waiting means to be active. Present in the moment. Anticipating where we are going. It's not easy. It takes strength and courage, and it takes practice. We got to practice it. Um, we uh, tell you a funny story. Uh, in the place that I exercise, somebody came in, and they were. It was their first time. And part of our exercise that we were doing this one day was uh, we had to do a run, which. I despise, really. <laughs> this is my least favorite thing. I don't like running. But there, it was like, so to run, I don't even remember how long, two, three, four hundred yards, and then do some other exercise, and then run again, and then do some exercise, and then run again, and do some. And uh, this one person was their first time, and they started to try to keep up with some of the people in the class, and I was like, oh, they're in trouble. <laughs> like, this is going to hurt. And sure enough, they've never been back. And afterwards, they had to sit down for like 30 minutes because it, it was hard on them because they were out of practice. They hadn't been doing that. They just jumped in and try, tried to do it. And that's the thing is we, we can't do that. If you want to be like I just described Henry Nowen as a, a giant of the faith and as 
somebody who's a, a, in spiritual formation a, um, an expert. Like if you want to get there, you got to practice. It takes time. It takes effort. And that's what God needs from us as we build this relationship with him. It takes courage. But we can draw from our very source of hope. As the psalmist says in Psalm 31, Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. I'm going to invite the band back up. We're going to do communion here in just a minute. But You know, hope is about, and that's what today's theme is, is hope. Hope is about waiting. But it is a waiting that involves being present. It is a waiting that involves being where you are as you journey in obedience towards Christ. It's an interesting concept. It's, it's being alert, and I love this word, these words, alert and sober. Alert and sober. And I'm not talking about sober from... Uh, things that make you drunk. I'm talking about being serious and, and present in our journey of obedience. It's active anticipation. Here's the good news, though. Wherever you are in your journey today, that's okay. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out or if you're an expert and a giant of the faith. It, it doesn't matter because we're all on the same journey going towards the same Jesus, towards the same kingdom, towards the same place. We have four weeks leading to Advent. But those four weeks leading to Advent are just something that humans have made on the human calendar to remind us about Jesus coming. It's not God's timing. I think Advent needs to be a season that we don't leave. Advent needs to be something that we do year round. It's not about finding the answers or checking all the boxes. It's about preparing. It's about showing up. It's about being willing to go on this journey with our God. It's stepping into the faith. It's doing more than just coming to church. It's doing more than just paying a tithe or going to Costa Rica. I mean, those are all good things, but it's being willing to journey with Christ. And are, are we digging deeper? And are we trying more? We can't try to be a better Christian, but we can try to be closer to God. So James, I think it's 4.8, says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. As we draw near to God, he's drawing near to us. So in this season, my encouragement to you is let it be a kickstart that follows you through the entire year. A season of Advent that never leaves. A season of Advent that moves you into this exciting anticipation, into this active waiting 
where you draw closer to God every day and where people see him in you every day. Let's pray. God, this morning I pray that you would help us to to enter a season of Advent that does not leave. Enter a season of Advent that we stay in, that we move forward. And, and we thank you, oh my word, I, we love Christmas and I think that's great. And, and we celebrate Jesus being born and we give gifts to each other. We're having a great time and I, I think all those things are fantastic. So I don't wanna speak against those things, but I, I do want to encourage us to do more. To enter this season with eager anticipation celebrating your first coming to this earth and anticipating your return. This morning we're going to take a communion together. And on the night Jesus was betrayed, we remember that he took the bread and he broke it. And it probably would have been this kind of bread. It's, it's a matzah. And he gave thanks and he gave it to his disciples and he reminded them, when you eat this, this is my body, which will be broken for you. And when the meal was over, he took the cup that we call the cup of blessing and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my blood. This is the blood of a new covenant which will be shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. When you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so this morning, we're gonna share this meal together in a remembering time of when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And at our church, you don't have to be a member. Just believe that Jesus died on the cross and was raised again for your sins. And we'll have a couple of stations up here in the front where you can break the bread and dip it in the cup and then a couple in the back where you can just take a pre-packaged if you prefer that. There's also gluten-free back here. But uh, I just would like for us to wait a minute. We've been talking about that. Pray this morning. Think about, God, how can you move in me? And those who are coming to, uh, who are helping today, I invite you to come and, and get your... And God, this morning as we prepare our hearts for communion, I pray, God, that you would help us to remember what you did for us, and we're so grateful. But then also, God, help us to look forward to when you might return. We're grateful to you for every good thing that you've done for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.